You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, welcome to episode 13 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am Bob Chichinsky here with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24 How's it going this week, man? Going pretty good. It's uh, storming right now, so if you hear any uh, thunder, it's from that. <laughs> wow, it's storming here, too. How about that? Dang, it's... Uh... <laughs> Great commentary on storms, dog. Yeah, I couldn't think of any uh, storm puns. So, <laughs> so other than all of Dog's awesome puns, this week we will be bringing you, of course, what's going on in Tamriel as well as our state of Cyrodiil. And this week we're going to be talking about the Starter Region Zones, one of our Region Guides episodes, and we're going to go into a lot of awesome information, and of course, when we do Region Zones, you know we're going to be talking sets. Yep, lots and lots of sets this week, and other information as well. So, this week in Tamriel, we got, of course, a lot of fun stuff going on. It is the six-year celebration, anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to say. ESO is six, and it's pretty awesome. It's five if you play on a console like me, and I've played all five years. Dog, maybe this is your third now? Yeah, third. Yep. Very nice. So... Like we talked about the event last week, it is now in full swing, and it is freaking awesome. The cakes are furnishings, and they glow when you put them in your house. It is so fantastic. I have bought far too many of them, because unlike Dog, I am done with these Indricks, so (laughs) no more feathers or berries for me for now. Anyways, we hope you guys are keeping up with your boxes, like me and Dog doing your Ritz every day. I'm up to 431. I don't know about you, dog, but you got to be pretty close somewhere around there. While I might not know how many boxes I've scored, I do know that I had a pie fight with the red at Shaden Hall while I was waiting for you to clear up some bag space <laughs> for the seventh time. <laughs> yeah, bag space is a constant issue when you're getting a reward and a daily or like an anniversary box every time. But yes, I am keeping count the entire thing for the posterity of the show. Can't wait to give you guys my uh, crazy, ridiculous number of boxes I open. But yeah, up to 431 so far here. It's been a lot of Ritz and Cyrodiil dailies. And if you guys are like, come on, Bob, this is just a basic event. Like, these are basic boxes. No, I'm telling you, people are getting insane rewards. We have seen reports of... Full motif style books. We're talking the big gold book with every page of a special style. I've seen a few different online, and they're all DLC fancy ones that are worth high amounts. They're very overpriced, that's what they are. Yeah, extremely it's, overpriced. Yeah, it's cheaper to buy all the different uh, motifs separately than it is to buy the book, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense, but... Okay. I mean, it may be more work to go find it, but yeah, like going to a bunch of different guild traders. But is it your time worth that much? You know, it could be. You can also get crazy, crazy things like an Aetheric Cipher. We've already heard a few of them being dropped online, and our good friend Grammaton got one just yesterday. From doing Ritz. So when we tell you to do your Ritz, we are serious. Now, if you don't know what an Aetheric Cypher is, when dropped in the game, it's pretty much the most rare drop anyone can get. But during the anniversary event, it seems to have a higher chance to come out of these anniversary boxes than any other point of the year from getting it from anything, which you can get it from. Like, when I got mine... I got it from the Netch Boss in Darkshade 1. And I thought about using it, 
but I ended up keeping it, even though using it is pretty awesome too, because when you combine it with acidic ambrosia, it becomes the mythic ethereal ambrosia while well, the recipe for it. And you could either sell that for a lot, you could either sell the etheric cipher for a lot itself, or you could use the recipe and make the uh, XP drinks, the mythic ethereal ambrosias, which give a 150% XP boon. And they sell for a lot too. So you can keep making those and selling them. There's a lot of different ways you can make a lot of money if you get one of those. And they are popping off right now. So go do your Ritz. There's a lot of awesome things. Plus transmute stones, right, dog? I know you can never get enough of those. Yes, I'm already sitting at 200 to 200. And it's like, oh, getting more. And I can't actually use them, but... I guess it's lucky to have everything to be able to be transmuted already and still have like 500 transmute crystals left over. <laughs> yeah, lots of transmute crystals. I still have a few things that I've been going through and just like, oh yeah, I could do this, I could do that. So it's cool. I like it. I'm I'm happy about it. So after the news, as always, we bring you guys the current state of Cyrodiil. This week, it is freaking popping, guys. Get up in there. Anniversary event means even PvP players get some love from the dailies. Yeah, we've been farming the town dailies. Uh, we've been going for the empty campaigns, especially the non-CP, which is my favorite campaign. <laughs> yes, Doctors, I was like, yep, let's go to the non-CP one. It's going to be empty and chill. And I was like, all right, cool. So we go in there, and of course, you know, you hit the towns of your faction. You know, if you're blue, you got Chaden Hall and, uh, no, Coral and the Wayne on Priory, like we talked about last week. And if you're red, you have Chaden Hall. And yeah, so you hit those, but then when you start branching out, that's when you start to see other people. Like, I know. Me and Dogged were farming Bruma, and there was this uh, low CP snipe blade. And a tank. Just, and a tank. Just ganking in the house you turn the things in. And they're just killing people. And luckily, me and Dogged aren't solo. So Dogged, of course, is like five steps ahead of me everywhere. So he's already out the door by the time I'm turning something in. And I'm like, you know, the cool thing about um, snipe blades and gangers is that Cyrodiil's a little laggy, so sometimes it's easy for them to kill you before you could even really respond. Yep. So I'm like, oh, great, I'm dead. And Dog comes back in, and the guy is immediately trying to stop him from getting me, but he has to pretty much make a decision of dying or keeping trying to stop him from getting me or like getting away or trying to kill dogged and he decides to try and go hide which was the foolish decision and i got up and we killed him and then his tank friend came and then we killed him and then they kept coming back spoiler alert kill them some more don't gank in houses on pve players it's mean and then you get backed by all the PPE players. That's right. We are we are bagging anyone ganking <laughs> PPE players. <laughs> Do not mess with us. <laughs> so, Cyrodiil is popping right now. It's a lot of fun. You can go do the town dailies. You're also getting anniversary boxes from your kill enemy players. Uh, capture quests, scout quests, all those fun stuff. Uh, yeah, it's really cool when uh, PvP players get love during the event, too, and they have a way that they could earn stuff as well. Now, other than that, other than me and Dog dropping, you know, ulties on <laughs> violent, hostile players in towns, um, Cyrodiil is still laggy, slightly a little bit better 
than last time, it feels we can report. Maybe just because we haven't been playing in the big bad campaign. But they're, they fixed the input lag, but it broke some other things. So we think there's probably a little bit more work to do. One thing that keeps happening is our uh, me and Dog are both magic base characters generally. And our skills will start costing stamina out of nowhere. And our players will be all like, can't move. Like, in, in the animation, they're all frozen. It's like, what the heck is happening? Yeah, definitely a super weird bug that's going on. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. But it's still pretty good in there. And if you go check out, like Dog said, some of the other empty campaigns... You can definitely have some fun in there during the event. But as far as Greyhost goes right now, the scores are PCNA is about halfway through, 17 days left. And as usual over there, Evan Hartpack leads once again. However, the gap is closer. Well, close at least still. Evan Hartpack leads with 40k. Daggerfall Covenant is second with 39.1k, just under a thousand back. And the Old Mary Dominion is in third place with 39k, just about a hundred behind the Daggerfall Covenant. So competition is heating up over there. It's still good about halfway in. There's room for Daggerfall and the Old Mary Dominion to catch up to Ebonheart and upset them because, man, they are just killing it on PC, Ebonheart Pack. Now, for Xbox, over on the NA side, where me and Dog reside, you are looking at two days left for the console campaigns. And let me tell you, it is getting a bit stagnant over there. The Daggerfall Covenant is still in first and leads with 110,000. And they have a 47,000 point lead over second place, the All Mary Dominion at 63k. And in last, the Ebonheart Pack at 62.3k. So, yeah, the Covenant is running away with it. And as much as I love to see it, it is. It's a bit dry. <laughs> it's either like. We own the map, or there's no blue on. That's kind of seems to be the gist of Greyhost this month. But uh, we're definitely going to win at this point. There's only two days left. We could not exist, and I don't think they could score that much. So by the time you hear us, we'll hopefully be celebrating our victory. And, yeah. Dog, why don't you talk about the EU? All right, so in Xbox EU... There's another upset, and EP's in first with a whole 91k. And then, like, 11k behind him is uh, AD with 79.5k. And then the last is DC with 74k. Man, I hate it when we're in last. It's just like a heartbreaker every time. <laughs> yeah. And then for PS4, brought to us by Lotus, he uh, he reported that EP is in 82K, DC is in second with 81K, and then AD is in last with 80K. Man, the competition, dude. It's so good over there. Yeah. It's still anyone's game, honestly. I mean, If DC could pull in first, or AD could also just pull out like sweep everyone and come out in first that would be something i'm trying to think i don't think they've won a campaign (laughs) anywhere since we started podcasting and it's been three months now well it must be because they're too busy farming pve ears in towns cough cough (laughs) faction ears They really, they were going hard, but, you know, we were giving it back to them. <laughs> Funny uh, side note, we actually had uh, this one group of yellows we were going back and forth with last night. It was like four or five yellows at first, and me and Dog would, like, come in there and we'd take them out. Yeah, they were kill hostile. them all. Yep. They were hostile. <laughs> if they killed you right off the rip, and then I chased down two of them. 
well, I revived you, and then I saw where they were going. I chased down two of them, killed them, and we took <laughs> over to do the quest. Like, they came back. We had another little skirmish where we killed them all. And then later that night, we went to go turn in our quest, and they here they come with, like, a 15-man Zerg. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, while we were there, originally, we were killing them, and then there was this stand blade that was just, like, in the back, just, like, putting his shield up. And we're like, what is he doing? And every time we, like, try and fight him, we, like, run away and just pop up somewhere and put his shield up. And we're like, like, why is he acting like he doesn't want to fight? We know he's just going to get his friends up as soon, as soon as we move. And he messages me, and he's like, yeah, I am not hostile like these other idiots. <laughs> it was really funny. And, I mean, all four being hostile, it's serial. I mean, it happens. It is cool when, you know, me and Dog go to Chaden Hall and there's like five reds quested and we're quested and we're all just chill and Dog, like he said, is throwing pies. I'm waving the lichen. It's just fun. Like, it's really fun in serial. I love it. Yeah. So before we get lost in serial talk, because we honestly could go on about it all night, um, we are very excited to have come through a couple of fun episodes where we got to talk with some really, really cool people, and it was so cool having robots on and Lotus, and um, like we said in those episodes, you should check out their respective podcasts, Elder Scrolls Lurecast and Tales of Tamriel, but we're excited to get back to just some serious in-game content this week, that's what our podcast is always mostly going to be about so this week we're bringing back the region guides and we wanted to talk about the first places you start in your adventure is the vestige now there may be a few places where you think well when i start I'm here, and it's probably going to be a DLC zone, but when you choose your faction, the starting areas for that faction is where you used to start, and that's where you actually start the story for your your quest, your main quest for the game. So that's where we're going to take you, to the starting areas for each faction, we're going to take you to the original small starting areas, get you through those and uh, caught up on those real quick. And then we're going to go into the three big ones. Yep. So first off, we have Stros Mackay, which is the DC starting one, and then Bleak Rock Isle, which is the EP one. They both have three Sky Shards and the three striking locales. And those are like the little eyes that you see on the maps. And then AD has only one, like, area, and that is Knarthai's Roost. So they have six Sky Shards and then seven Striking Locales. And uh, since they only have one, that's why they have, like, more in the region, even though it's just that DC and EP have two different regions combined. And then Knarthai's Roost is also a good place to level up your Ledgerman by killing two farmers and then farming the sheep that spawn there. (laughs) <laughs> that's a big farm like a lot of people are constantly there doing that yeah like there, like there will be a group up so that everyone can get their stuff it's a like i said i think it's the best way to level up legerman or ledgerman ledgerman maybe legerman i don't know dog is a champion at that he <laughs> has that skill maxed out i actually i don't think i've ever maxed out ledgerman on one character i don't think so you got to do it at least to like 17 or 18 for the lock picking. Just a tap it. It goes that high? Oh my God. I think it goes up to 20. <laughs> oh man, I thought it was 10. No, it's not 10. <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong. Yeah, once again. So, as Doug was saying, there is only one for 80, which means there are more for the other two. And that. Includes Betnik for the DEC, 
which is known for the New Life Festival, where we go there and party it up every year with the orcs. Right, dog? I think so. And you got to burp it up after you eat. Just go burp in people's faces. That is the orc tradition. And there is the slaughter of animals, so no wonder why everyone is celebrating there with me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Dodd is out killing every wasp and every wolf. So if you're ever trying to do that quest and you're like, I can't find anything, just go find the dude just dancing in the pool of wolf and wasp blood, and it will be Dodd, and you'll be like, wow, this guy's really enjoying this a bit too much. <laughs> And then also for the EP, they have Balfoyan. Now, both of these have three Sky Shards and two of the Striking Locales, or Seeing Eyes, as I love to call them. Um, there's one Guild Trader in each of these, and Canarthi's Roost has two, as it is the bigger of them all. Now, as far as the sets from these areas... There is just one thing. You're going to get the armor of the trainee, which gives magic, health, and stam on the two, three, and four passives. And most of all, all three again on the fifth buff. So it is really, as it says, a trainee kind of set. But if you start a new character and go there to start your factions kind of thing and just start the game how it used to be vanilla, it can really help you. So, as far as these areas, dog, would you say that a lot of people are spending time here these days? Other than the farm in Canarthi's Roost? Um, yes. A lot of people will get, go there because there's the also... Uh, those areas also drop a lot of mats or nodes so that a lot of people farm True. go there and farm the resource nodes. But other than that, yeah. they're mostly pretty empty. Yeah. It is a good way to go like um, for sky shards, skill points. Yeah. Like you could go hit them. Like each one is like you hit all the sky shards in one of these small ones, you get skill point. For Canarthi's Roost, you get two in the one island, and it's pretty small. You get all six pretty quick. Also, if you're trying to do the Tamriel Sky Shard Hunter as well as Master Angler, you need to complete all these islands in both of those. So you need to get all the Sky Shards and the fish for each, and I believe it is just one fish for each. But, uh, yeah, so there's that too. These do play into some things still. And it's fun to just know about them. They were the big thing back in the day. These are where we started. Since we're talking about the ESO anniversary and its birthday, you know, when it started, this is where we started. And, uh, like, I know Canarthi's Roost specifically because I remember starting there when I made my AD character. When my friends were like, come play on AD. This is where we play together. He's like, oh, okay. So... There you go. And, uh, yeah, I always remember Carnarthy's Roost because I was like, how do I get out of this little island? <laughs> and then I figured it out and found this whole brand new world. Nice, nice. So, before we get into the rest of the episode, we wanted to take this little middle portion to remind you all that we are a part of the oh-so-wildly-popular and ever-fantastic Robots Radio Podcast Network where you could go and find all kinds of awesome other shows, including ours, at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. All right, all right. So, now 
We've got you through the first little islands that you're going to go into in the DC, EP, and AD story kind of quest. I don't know, <laughs> for lack of a better word. So now we're going to take you into some of the bigger ones. Take it away, dog. All right. So first up, we're going to talk about the crafted sets. These are all two trait sets. And so first up, we have Death's Wind. And its fifth piece is when you take melee damage while you are under 35% health, you knock back and stun all enemies within 8 meters of you for 4 seconds. And then this effect can occur once every 30 seconds. The second set is Night Silence. Its fifth piece is where you ignore the movement speed penalty of Sneak. And then Ashen Grip. Its fifth piece is you when you deal direct melee damage, you have a 10% chance to breathe fire to all enemies in front of you for 5,300 flame damage. And then this effect can occur once every four seconds. So, like Doc said, these are all crafted sets, and you can find them in each of these three starting zones we're going to talk about, which are going to be Aradon for AD, Glenumbra for DC, and Stonefalls for EP. And so we wanted to give them all kind of out there to you guys, put them out there, and then bring our kind of overall thoughts to them. And as far as I'm concerned, you may be surprised, but Back when this game was so new, I was not as savvy at it or really any, you know, MMO kind of style thing. So I wasn't really used to grinding and so many different possible set combinations and stuff. I loved Ardon and I spent a lot of time in Ardon and I thought Death's Wind was a really cool set and a great thing. So you could have caught me running Death's Wind for probably like the first year in PvP just blasting back people every time I got below health I loved it I think it was still pretty awesome but um other than that I also run Night Silence a lot of times um because I spent a lot of time in underground underground under vet pvp the like kind of under 50 I think that combat is really fun and it's just really enjoyable down there not beating up on noobs okay calm down <laughs> but night silence is a lot of fun because if you're doing a crafted set where you're not trying to go for the five piece the th uh two three and four are really good for a stand build you get max stam stam recov and weapon crit so if you're going for like a supplementary set maybe running with like new moon or perhaps hunting's rage which is probably what i was doing back then yeah, it's really good for that. Ashen Grip has never really been my thing, but I have heard some people kind of go for it. Yeah, and then uh, if you uh, are, if you're just looking for like any uh, like like what kind of what Bob was saying, like any good four piece for like under fifty PVP, you can always check out the uh, the Fextra Life uh, Crafted Sets page, and that that just gives you a full list of all the crafted sets right like right next to each other so you can literally just scroll down the list and be like oh this has everything that i want and maybe you might see another one like this has nothing that i want and then you can just click on it and it'll tell you where to craft it so it's pretty cool that's how i uh, set up my characters for under 50 pvp or just training gear mm -hmm. but yeah so we bring these up because as you may or may not know each region has a certain amount of crafting sets, and that's three. I believe it's three for every region, but now I question myself. However, it's three generically, and um, especially for all of the five regions of a faction, because they correspond with each faction. So we bring up these three and saying they're going to be the same for all three of the first regions of the faction zones so this really kind of ties in with the vanilla game and how it was constructed as you were very faction locked everything wasn't as open glenumber wasn't a thing that was totally different than ardon it was just 
the DC starter zone. And it was the AD starter zone. So they had to have certain things that were similar. And that is kind of why it's like some things are going to be the same for all of them. And that was a very good way to make it work. So it used to be locked as in you would progress from one region to the next and you would have to level three one. So it'd be Aradam was like level 10 to 20 and then Grotwood was 20 to 30 and blah, 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 so on and so forth. But now things are different. So when we chose these, this is also part of the reason why, because these are just the first areas. These are, this is where it all began. And for each faction, they have their own and it's still it's the same but it's not but everyone this is where you would go everyone has the harborage and everyone has all these other kinds of cool things the dog is about to tell you yep so in these uh first little uh zones or i guess they're big zones so in these first big zones, uh, you can find the battleground dailies at the uh, cities. You can find them in Deckerfall, Vocal Guard, and I think Davin's Watch. Yes, I believe that's correct. And then if you're new, you can also join the Fighters and Mages Guild that are there. And those are located also in the cities. Um, there's uh, two Mundus Zones for these three regions. It's the lady, which gives you more resistances, and the lover, which gives you more penetration. And I think that's ESO's little way of a couple, like, you know, innuendos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've heard a couple <laughs> jokes about those. We don't need to... Uh, I'll, I'll let your imaginations do the work. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh, obviously, you can uh, find the Impressario. The impresario so go spend your tickets which when i uh when, when i was writing this i actually remembered that i needed to go spend my tickets so and i actually bought in a feather towards the indirect which i know bob just loves <laughs> yeah it's so cool yeah very cool <laughs> now these regions are gonna have seven of the seeing eye striking locales they each have one public dungeon, as is customary for the region zones of the factions. And each of them have a group event where you can earn a skill point. Plus, they all have the normal 16 sky shards. All of that accounts for 21 full skill points after collecting all the sky shards and the public dungeons. And that's with the... Uh, the quests, right, dog? The story quests. No, that's not with the with the story quests. Or you can get even more uh, skill points when you do the story quests. That's just like if you were to go in there and grind, get all the skill, get all the sky shards, clear out the devs, clear out the public dungeon. You can walk away with. Ah, okay, nice. Yeah. So, since we are slightly biased, we're gonna start with the best DC. Anglinumbra. So, with all of these areas, we wanted to lay out kind of the stuff you could get from all of them, right? So, all of the stuff we listed, you could go into each of these zones and find. Now, we're going to go into each of these zones specifically and bring you the region sets that you could find in them as well as some more specifics about each of them in particular so glenumbra is going to be the first one we do all right so first off uh with the sets we have bloodthorns touch which is the light armor set and its fifth piece is when you deal direct damage you restore 660 magicka and stamina and then this effect can occur once every five seconds so for this set, if the resource gain was higher, I think this set might be more useful for like a tank or even like a PvP healer. But because it's just so low, it's really not that good. 
Yeah, also the five second kind of delay is also kind of bummer. Yes. If it was maybe like a thousand magic and stamina every three seconds? Or every two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Then, because I mean, that could, like you said, be really helpful. It is a light set, so yeah, it would probably be probably a tank going for that. Maybe wearing jewelry and weapons or something, but... It's definitely something that, if it was just tweaked a little bit, I could see it being pretty useful. Yeah, pretty helpful for sustain. So, then we have the medium set, which is going to be the hide of the werewolf. And its fifth piece reads, When you take damage, you generate five ultimate. This effect can occur once every five seconds. Now... That's not the greatest five piece out there. And I mean, if you're big on ultis, then yeah, it can be pretty good. But there are other sets such as um, Bloodspawn, the monster set, which gives you a 6% chance to generate 14 ultimate every time you take damage. And increases your physical and spell resistance by 6,450. So, yeah. It's gaining you a lot more ultimate. Nine more ultimate. It does have a proc chance. But Eye of the Werewolf can only get you five ultimate when you take damage every five seconds. So, I don't want to say that it's eh, but it's kind of eh. <laughs> yes, it is very kind of eh. Like, I'm sure it has usefulnesses, but it's... You know, I remember grinding this set with one of our friends... Voxopotamus. I remember grinding it with him, and I remember it being kind of expensive back then. I wonder if it got nerfed since then. I'm not sure. I have no idea. <laughs> Next up, we have the Weird Trees Blessing. That's the heavy armor set. And its fifth piece is when you cast the Magicka ability, you remove up to five negative effects from yourself, and then this effect can occur once every 15 seconds. So, if you just use Purge, which is the AoE cleanse from the support skill tree that removes three negative effects from any ally within your within the range, it's uh, pretty much better. And, yeah. I don't see why you'd not just use Purge. So, Yeah, especially since it can only occur once every 15 seconds. And it's only from yourself. Yes. And if you also want something that only cleanses yourself too, you can also use Earth Gore, which uh, pretty much if you need to heal yourself it, when you're under 50% health, which is probably what you need to cleanse for, uh, not only that it uh, removes the bad effects on you, it also heals you for 30k health over 6 seconds. So that's a fat heal. Plus all the purification stuff. Yes, plus the plus the purification stuff. So, next up we have the Guild Traders in Glenumbra. There's five in Daggerfall, which is the city. There's one at the Weird Treeway Shrine. And then there's one at the Lion Guard Redoubtway Shrine. I love me some Guild Traders, man. Yep, the Guild Traders in Daggerfall are pretty decent. They're right off the Way Shrine. And there's five of them in there, so that's one of the places where I go to check for to buy stuff. Guild traders are, like, guild trader placement, at least, in a region is super important. It really helps the region, like, find prominence. Like, as basic as that sounds, like, as real world even as that sounds, I mean, it really shows in the game when the guild traders are, like, prominent. It's usually because they're, like, very close to the way shrine and, like, there's a good deal of them and people want to see them, like, go to them. Yeah, like compare Mournhold to Elden Root. 
Mournhold Way Shrine is right in the middle, followed by the uh, traders right around the corners. Like pretty much. I mean, I don't know if I would say Mornhold and Elden Root. Maybe like I mean those Mornhold like and like type of city though. That's why I was comparing those two. But Elden Root is pretty close too. I mean, there's other main cities where they're kind of like much more out of the way than Elden Root. Yeah, I mean, maybe Mornhold and Wayrest because okay, yeah, okay, that's Wayrest. Yeah, are pretty out of there. No one goes to Wayrest. Although, I guess if you do run down, you could be running down to go pick up your pledges, so. That's true. But I don't, I'm biased because I love Elden Reed so much. (laughs) But anyways, um, one important thing that when we were doing this, I made sure, I was like, I want this in there. Um, How many quests does it take to complete this freaking place? There's an achievement for each region and especially the original 15, five for each faction. These are the first of each we're talking about. Each of them has a specific amount of quests that need to be completed for it. And it is like the majority of the quests in the region. I'd say probably 90%, if not higher. So for Glenumbra, you need to complete 53 quests. Now, that may seem... Like a kind of drastic amount. But the story quests do play into this as well. Thankfully. So yeah. Luckily those zone story quests are included. And as far as Glenumbra goes. There are 11. So when you're looking at that kind of big number. 53. You don't got to be too freaked out you can knock 11 off of it if you do the story which is the first thing you should be doing because it also gives you some skill points as well and it's a great story in dc that starts in glenumbra and carries you through the entire uh all the regions in the faction so yeah there's also the holiday quest and we wanted to know the ones that are possible in each of these regions for Glenumbra, there's only one and it's just the gestures fest which is the area that it is in Glenumbra, right outside Daggerfall is the gestures place and he's gonna ask you to go kill stuff inside two different delves bring stuff to him and he will give you stuff to go shoot around the town it's pretty fun and that's what happens in Glenumbra. Now, if you're starting in the AD, you're going to be looking at Aradon after Canarthi's Ruse. And as far as the sets go there, you are going to be looking at the light set, Queen's Elegance. And the five-piece buff reads that it increases your light and heavy attack damage by 20%. Now, this is actually... A more popular region set, especially out of these earlier regions. Um, I have seen people run this. We have one of our friends that really likes this one. Um, I mean, it could be strong on a lot of different classes. Doing all kinds of stuff, especially with how important heavy or light attacks are in rotations. And with the new possible changes coming up. And, you know... As I look at the notes, Dog clearly wants to talk about Templars. Yes. So on a Templar, when you use Solar Barrage, if you do some sort of like light or light or heavy attack build, or just stack a bunch of weapon and spell damage, uh, that could be very useful with this set because Solar Barrage makes it so that you gain M Power, which increases all your light attacks by forty percent throughout the entire duration. And Solar Barrage is pretty cheap to cast, so you're looking at like an additional 60% more damage to your light attacks with Queen's Elegance and uh, the Solar Barrage. Solar Barrage, which one is that? That's the morph of um, Solar Flare, Dark Flare. Oh, okay. The other, yeah, not Dark Flare, the other one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
Next up, we have Twin Sisters, which is the medium set. Its 5 piece is when you block an attack, you have a 20% chance to cause all enemies within 5 meters of you to bleed for 15,800 physical damage over 10 seconds. And then this effect can occur once every 10 seconds. So this is a pretty decent bleed, but I think there's so much better sets out there for just like doing damage. And how much time do you really want to spend blocking on a damage character? Whether it's for PvP or for PvE. For me, it's pretty much none. <laughs> like zero. No time blocking. Roll dodge, if anything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll also be talking about a set later on where it would probably be better than this set. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And keep this in mind. The heavy set from Aradon is the armor of the Veiled Heritance. That is going to be a nice little set on the weight of five pieces. You're looking at two-piece weapon damage, three-piece extra armor, four-piece weapon critical, and the five-piece, when you interrupt an enemy, you gain 500 weapon damage for five seconds. This set used to be kind of meta. I mean, it's not as meta i think now as it used to be but i mean I, I there's a lot of other sets that gain you 500 uh weapon or spell damage but it do for doing specific things other than interrupting but i mean i don't know what do you think dog i think this set is very situational and if you don't find someone who you can interrupt then uh you're not going to get the extra 500 damage bonus. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. All right. So for the guild traders in Oridon, we have one at Volkel Guard. There's five at Skywatch. And then there's one at First Hold. And to fully complete this zone, you are going to need to do 37 quests. For the Aradon Adventurer, and that once again includes 11 story quests, same as Glenumbra, and this time it definitely it's a big impact on that overall one. So if you do all the story quests in Aradon, you will only need to do 26 more, and each of the devs has one, as well as the public dungeon. So that is seven that you could do. And as we noted for Glenumbra, there are holiday quests in Aradon. There is the Jesters, which just is the same as Glenumbra. The entire Jester area for AD is set up in Ardon for you to go check out. And this is going to involve you throwing flowers at people in not only Volcal Guard, but Skywatch and the College of the Old Mary. I read it as punks, but it's pricks, as Dog says. He really hates the High Elves, man. He's, he, as a Breton, you know, he really feels the racism from the High Elves. Yeah, it's the College of the Outamary Pricks. I mean, propriety. What a weird, <laughs> what a weird slip up. <laughs> like, have you ever heard him though? Like, sounds pretty prickish to me. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, they're grumps. That's why we gotta go. You know, cheer him up. And if you're celebrating new life, it's going to also take you to Aradon, once again to Skywatch, and it's going to have you throw stuff at people again, this time mud balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is it with Aradon and just throwing stuff at people? <laughs> well, they're high elves, and you're, when you throw them, you have to say, take that, you dirty, rude elves. <laughs> is that what you say every time? <laughs> Sometimes, and then they probably get mad because now they look like wood elves, and you know they don't like wood elves because they're dirty. Well, there you go. That's dogged head cannon for you. <laughs> the vestige is always yelling, "You dirty rude elves!" All right, so Glenumbra down, Ardon done for. Now we got one left for you guys, the one and only starter region for the Ebonheart Pack, Stone Falls. Yes. So first up, uh, we have the Light Armor, which is Silks of the Sun. This will give you some max health, uh, max magicka, 
spell damage. And then the fifth piece adds 400 spell damage to your flame damage abilities. Which, this is good for DKs. And it has the Endoro Pyro Staff and the Udegu's Flame Stick of the Sun. And then after you get these, you can go laugh at the people who are still farming for a BSW Flame Staff. Well, as you wield one of these cool, cooler named flame staves instead. <laughs> Dude, I loved named items so much, and especially when they pertain to a good set. Yes. <laughs> this set is so good because there is all kinds of sets that are going to be very much like this. Adds 400 blank, blank, blank to your blank, blank abilities. There's literally for Almost any kind of thing you could think. This adds weapon damage to your two-handed. This adds weapon damage to your dual wield. This adds magic damage to your destruction staffs. Yeah. That's spell damage. This. Magic damage abilities. Cough, cough, war maidens. And amazing. There you go. So there's some of these sets that are awesome. And there's some of these sets that are not awesome. This is one of the awesome ones, like Dog said, especially for DKs. When you pair Burning Spellweave with this, you're a meta DK. It's been meta for a while now. It still pretty much is, and it's a lot of fun. I've ran that build. It's fun. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's a good set. It's really good. And uh, it's if you go farm it, it's a good one to like resell on the market. So you could hit dolmens and stuff for that. It's it, Honestly, out of the sets we've talked about tonight, it's probably the most valuable one for resell. Would you say so, dog? Yes, especially if you go do the, uh, if you go for those uh, named staves or staves. Go for the name. Yeah. That'll really Fire staves and jewelry for sure. Most valuable. Yeah. There's also a medium set which I know Dog super loves. I've watched him run it. <laughs> yep, on my yellow stamplar, which is now a hybrid flower. <laughs> <laughs> that we ran in the non CP campaign together on our yellows during like the first year we met each other and we pushed in it for a month. For Emp, and we were like so close the whole time. Dogs at first forever, and we still never got him Emp. Yeah, because it's just dead down there. There's no one. Yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. Probably because you know, Dominion is the last place. As we were talking with Lotus. Yeah, that's the last time we ever played on AD. Never catch <laughs> us over there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So this set is Shadow of the Red Mountain. It's the medium set. It gives you weapon damage, max stamina, weapon crit, and then the fifth piece is when you deal damage with a weapon ability, you have a ten percent chance to spawn a volcano that erupts after one second and fires a projectile at the nearest enemy that deals ninety six hundred flame damage. And then this effect can occur once every two seconds. So this is pretty decent for a stand build as a majority of all stand builds are built off of the weapon skill lines and which are definitely balanced compared to Destro Staff skill lines. <laughs> it's just like you saying that it just really makes me think of how sad I am that we didn't get any love for the magic weapons or anything for Greymore. Yeah, or a revamped uh, Destro Staff skill line. Yeah, I know. I, I really agree. And if it was, then that would... I mean... I don't know, it wouldn't help that set, but <laughs> it would make some sets feel more fair as in comparison to this set where, like you said, it's when you deal damage with a weapon ability, that's a lot of things. There's a lot of possibilities in that, and you don't have so many possibilities. when Executioner. <laughs> Boom, exactly. Snipe, yeah, uh, Poison Inject, uh, rapid strikes. Rapid shot. Yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> so, before we derail further, man, Lotus wore off on us, man. <laughs> um, the heavy set for this region is going to be the Shock Exoskeleton set. 
which I have literally never ran and barely heard of <laughs> because its five piece gains you minor heroism at all times well in combat, generating one ultimate every one and a half seconds. Gosh darn, that's just a crazy number. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Anytime you have one in the number, it's not enough. And, like, Heroic Slash gives you minor heroism. So, if it's something you're trying to get more ultimate, like, especially even while tanking, it's pointless. And even a lot of the, like, PvP like builds that run that kind of uh, back bar, sword and shield kind of thing. They could just pop that on, just stab one person with it. Boom. You have it for like six seconds, I think. Yeah, six or eight. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I don't know. Weird set. All right. And then for Stone Falls, they're guild traders. They have one at Craigenmore. They have five at Ebonheart. And then they have one at Davin's Watch, which I always forget where the five is at because I always go to Davin Watch and it always says one every single time. Yeah, it was really weird how they were like, yeah, Daggerfall is the capital city of Glenumbra. Ebonheart is the capital city of Stonefalls. But for some reason, you start at Daggerfall, but you do not start at Ebonheart. No, it's... And it is super confusing. Yeah. <laughs> you start at Davin's Watch. You know, we, we didn't really mention all that either, since we're wrapping it up almost. Uh, for this zone, Stonefall's EP, you're going to start at Davin's Watch. And as we said, for Glenumber, you'll be in Daggerfall, the first city. And for... Aradon, Old Mary Dominion, it is Volcale Guard, which we did mention. It's a city we brought up, but uh, yeah, that's where you start. Now, you may have been like, man, this sounds like a lot of quests so far in both these other zones. This zone happens to have the most, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, EP is actually kind of guilty of that. For a lot of their zones. Their zones are very high quest barriers. To get that achievement. So you might want to start with it. If you're going for Tamriel Hero. Just knock out Ebonheart first. And it'll be uh, downhill from there. Pretty much. So to complete Stonefall's adventure. You're going to need 59 quests. 59. Yeah I'm serious. I see you in the back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> And um, 16 of those quests, at least, are going to be story quests. So a little bit of a reprieve. 43 other quests necessary. Like I said, you get six from the Delves, one from the Public Dungeon. Actually, I think you you might be able to get two from the Public Dungeon. Some Public Dungeons. Some, okay. I was thinking of the one in Glenumbra, where I definitely know you can get two out of. Yeah, there are definitely some where you could get to. All right. As far as the holiday quests go, you could get the new life quest in this area. It's going to be going to Davin's Watch and Ebonheart. You have to go to both cities. First, you go to one and dance, Davin's Watch, and then you go to Ebonheart and dance. Yes, you dance. You do the lava foot stomp. <laughs> And then in, uh, for the Jester's event, which we just did, we kept on stolen a poor butcher's pig. And we have no idea what that uh, silly Jester did with that poor pig. <laughs> and now all of, like a lot of us own the pig. So, yeah, so. We, we really stole it this year. <laughs> like Before, we were just stealing it, borrowing it. But this year is for keeps. Yeah. All right. So, of course... Uh, you know, this set has Silks of the Sun, which is a pretty good for uh, DK. But if you want to see a true DK in action, you sh- you might want to head over to the Shivering Sign, and you'll meet Oreg Myra. And she's the Master Dragonite, and she puts all other Mag DK spamming whips to shame. But seriously, though, like, she's so overpowered if you've never seen her. Like, I've seen her, like, 
take out like a like a it was a probably about a weaker tank. He just spammed whip on him until he's dead, and it's like, oh, I'm <laughs> next. <laughs> and then she turned to me like I don't know what shadow she did, but she definitely spammed the whip on me right after. It's like, oh, well, guess we're not good getting that rogue boss. Oh my god, we're gonna go beat her. <laughs> we should do that right now after the show. We could. But we'll probably end up dead. Whipped to shame <laughs> by Ori. Whipped to shame. <laughs> oh man. Well that was an awesome show, man. And I I hope you guys are all doing well and uh staying safe and you know, you are all constantly in our thoughts and we hope that everything is going well for you guys yeah i know that things are crazy right now and you know just be safe man i don't want to go too crazy but it is a little bit important you know uh we want you guys to stay safe and we want you guys we hope that this is a little bit of a reprieve for you pop us on while you're playing through eso and we get to chill with you guys for a bit. That's cool. We appreciate you guys listening in this tough time. We really do. It means a lot. And, um, yeah. I'll get off my small little soapbox. Let me, let me put it away. It'll be back in the closet <laughs> for now. <laughs> Dog, where can people yell at us and talk to us if they need someone to be like, my life is crazy. Talk to me about Elder Scrolls. All right. We can find us on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook at the Red Diamond Courier. Uh, there's our Xbox Guild of Heirs of the Red Diamond. You can find us on RobotsRadio.net as well as many other shows. And you can find the link to the Robots Radio Discord and find us in there. Where we have our own little awesome space for you guys to hang out. And if you check out our show notes, you will see the link to our merch store as well as a link to check out our awesome music producer from our intro and outro. What about you, Dog? Alright, so you can find me on Xbox at DogBark24. You can also find me at Twitter of of the same thing. And then you can come play with me. And then you can pull the aggro of Orygmara and then dip and laugh when she whips Bob into shape. <laughs> wow, man. I, I don't know if you had that waiting this whole time or if you snuck that in here after I said we should do it. But that is efficient, man. <laughs> Very well done. And for me, you could get me on Xbox, Bob Chachinsky. Like Doug said earlier, our guild is Heirs of the Red Diamond. I know it sucks. You can't search for it in-game. Catch us on Robots Radio Discord. We can send you an invite there. We are the family guild the xbox side of things for the elder scrolls lorecasters guild so yeah things are popping we have like 150 members almost coming out come chill do stuff um hit us up on that discord or hit us up on our twitter we can get you in the guild you can hang out with us esopc twitter or twitch come find me bob underscore chichinsky i've been streaming more lately during this craziness Please come hang out. It's super fun, and I love getting to talk with you guys person to person. It's super chill. And Dogged is usually there, too. Yep, usually. And then also, <laughs> if you join our our guild and through like the Lorecasters and stuff, you also get your own special rank of Lorecasters. I think that's Lorecaster! <laughs> but yeah. We're we're just goons over here having a great time every week. We thank you guys so much for listening. And since I forgot to mention it, I'll drop it right here at the end. If you guys listen and enjoy it, please, please, please leave us a review on any podcatcher, especially Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will shout you out and read your review on the show. And it is super helpful for us because it gets our show out there and it gets us into these awesome rankings for people to know about. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to do that for us. And we will continue to take the time out of our lives to put this stuff out there for you. We really enjoy it and we love the fact that you guys enjoy it too. And dog, thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with me for another week, man. Yeah, but it's always fun to troll you. I mean, do the podcast with you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, you're getting better at that. It scares me. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys have a great week, a great weekend, and we look forward to catching up with you guys next time. Yep. Bye, everyone, and stay safe. See ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you worried you don't have all the answers? Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole? Call Call Mystery Mystery Time Time Live Live today. today! It's a new detective business. With plenty of heart. And a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour. Every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's a live show. It's a swell time. Subscribe, Subscribe now. The producers of Mystery Time Live asked kindly not to take any advice or guidance of the host because they have no idea what they're doing. No mystery live can be fully solved. And that's individualized from any outside source or sheer luck. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find their podcast later on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may cause hurtful to your death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally binding and you cannot do this.